Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com. Now that you've heard most of the day's news headlines, how about some of the news that didn't make the news, but probably should have? Great news if your partner is a big Harry Potter fan. And at what age will your kids start to rebel? It is Tuesday, the 21st of August of 2018. We're Jeff and Jen and. Here it is, your news that didn't make the news on Cincinnati's Q102. Before we get to those stories, do you ever feel like all those rants, all of your rants on Facebook for the past few years are totally futile? Like, you know, everyone is so dug in to their beliefs that there's no way that anything you write or rant about will change anyone's mind. Or as you read others, do you believe, why are they even bothering? Right. Because I'm not going to change my mind, and neither is anybody else. That's assuming you're taking the time to read others. Right. Well, according to a new survey by the Pew Research Center, 14% of Americans say they have actually changed one of their political or social views in the past year because of a post they saw on social media. Uh, 14% doesn't sound like a lot, but it is one in seven people. And sometimes that's all you need to tip the balance, tip the scale. And younger people are the ones who are more likely to change. Uh, About a quarter of people under the age of 30 have changed an opinion because of something that impacted them on social media versus 13% of people who are older between, say, the ages of 30 and 65 I wonder if that, though, is that that would be the case without social media. I mean, do you have the same political beliefs now that you had when you were in your 20s? No. Totally different. Right. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if this is all just a natural shift that would happen anyway without social media, but they're giving social media credit. Well, it does does say, too, political and social mm -hmm, views. mm -hmm. But haven't you ever read something, though, and you're like, I never thought about it that way? And you might go over to the other side. If you can present it to me sort of in a, you know, with a new way of thinking, mm-hmm. show me a, a different angle to it in a way that doesn't reduce my previous position, then I might be more open to listening to you, which could, depending on how strong the argument is, sway you. Change my mind. Absolutely. It's not how I, I, j- I just don't use social media for political. That's not where I go for my political information or where I go to. to, You need a 20 second perfectly produced video with just the perfect clips from people talking to sway you in a certain direction. 20 seconds. Not believable. No, 20. I'm going to need a little more than 20 seconds. Where do you go for your political views if you don't go to Facebook? Yeah, where do you do your research? (laughs) I let Jeff and Sean tell me what I believe. Can you please just give me a, a wrap up in, you know, three short sentences no, but i mean we live in this really impatient society where a lot mm-hmm. of us you know we get our news from 140 characters on twitter so you know is is that how we should be getting our news or no. should we be taking the time if it's something that we care about 
taken the time to read up on and yeah. and and extract information from more than one source. So, you know, in the hope that we would find some balance there and make our own intelligent decision. Uh, by the way, the uh, the trend for the past several years in technology is to make phones as big as possible and that's great for watching videos and doing all the other stuff we like to do on our phones it does make it harder to slip into your pocket unless yeah. you know you're a middle-aged guy who wears baggy jeans and you don't care it does make it easier to find in your purse it does make it easy to find in your purse uh, some scientists actually ran a study to figure out if the pockets on women's pants are compatible with modern smartphones? And the answer is no. no. Yeah, the study analyzed <laughs> 80 brands of women's jeans and 80 brands of men's jeans. They found that women's pockets are 48% shorter and 6.5% narrower than men's pockets. So that means an iPhone X uh, can only fit into about 40% of women's front pockets. A and Samsung. they check that you know, with all different sizes of women's pants. Do women keep their phone in their pocket? I don't know a single woman that walks around with their phone. Even if you don't have a purse. I see it in a back pocket. You might have it like. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So. No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. In your hand. I notice it because I'm like, I hope you pay attention to that when you go sit on a toilet somewhere because <laughs> it's going to fall out. I know. Kristen and I have a friend who has lost at least five phones that way. <laughs> yes. You would, well, I would think you would learn after the first one. Played- you would think. In the bra strap right here, like even if you like if I'm at a concert and right. I don't have a bag, I had it in my pocket. I always stick it like right here in my shirt when I sit down the squat. And that, and that way, way, you know, it's there. I know it's there you and hopefully it. it won't fall out. Yeah, men have it a lot easier. The iPhone, I guess they should call it the iPhone 10 fit into 100 percent of the jeans in the test. Uh, the Samsung, which is a little bigger, was at 95 percent and the Pixel was at 85 percent. And the answer isn't, well, men are just bigger, so it stands to reason the pockets are bigger, but that's actually not the case for the study. All of the women's and men's jeans had a waist size of 32. So even though the jeans were for all people with the same size waist, men's pockets were always bigger. They were bigger in every case. Okay, this is, uh, keep in mind here, the United States of America. God bless America. We are the country that invented spray cheese. Spray cheese. We invented the manwich. Oh. We invented deep fried Kool-Aid. We're good. <laughs> so is it possible that we could also be highbrow discerning foodies? Absolutely. According to a new survey, 74% of Americans say they have a sophisticated palate. I and- would never claim that. <laughs> And the average age they developed this sophisticated palate was at 31. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. What does that mean? Like when you eat something, you can taste like, oh, there's a hint of truffle oil and almond nut. Yeah, you can you can sort of um, sort of like uh, deconstruct the food into every little different flavor and note that's contained in the 
dish. I think having some um, it, some willingness to go adventure and try new things too is part of that. Because I have friends that are meat and potatoes. Like, oh, where are you going? One of those places in OTR? No way. I just want steak. I just want steak and potato. I don't want to try any of that right. Right. fancy stuff. They're the ones, like, if you take them anywhere, you know, even remotely trendy or interesting or different, they're the ones that always order a hamburger. See, oh. you're talking about everyone from my hometown. Yeah. That is every... If I were to take, you know, my parents to a lot of those places, they would be... Compl- they would have no idea what to do with it. They would, they'd have no idea what to order. You'd put it in front of them. They wouldn't know how to eat it if there was a right way to eat it. And then they would taste it and probably be like, oh, eh. that's different. <laughs> you know, and then they'd look at the price tag and go, I'm not paying you know, that for that. <laughs> next time, can we just go to pies and pints? I mean, that's what's exotic for them. You get that uh, the, the, the chicken gouda. They put grapes on the pizza. Ranch. That's right. weird. That's about as, as wild and crazy as they're going to get. But That's people, sophisticated. Yeah, but a lot of people that don't try new things assume that something different or trendy is necessarily more expensive. And that's just not the case because there are so many little, you know, boutique style restaurants that don't charge as much as you think mm-hmm. for what you're ordering. The question is, and I know the answer to this, Jen, uh, you would not consider yourself a foodie. No. no. But <laughs> if you travel to a, a different country to try the food, it's safe to say you're a foodie. If you're someone who tries to eat healthy or you're able to pronounce tough food names. I can pronounce tofu. <laughs> you might be a foodie. Like gear. Jeez. Foodie. <laughs> um, always having a cool restaurant that you want to try or just tried. You might be a foodie. Knowing how to pair meats and cheeses with wine and beer. See, I'm a big fat ofer all on all of these so far. How about knowing what foods are in season? No, I don't even know that. I mean, like summer, you would know what foods Watermelon! And <laughs> corn. <laughs> Sweet corn, that's about it. Being able to cook uh, a quality meal? No! She's out. No! Trying lots of new foods, uh, being interested in where food comes from. Hey, this was locally sourced. There's a farm just up the road, and this is where we got these. No? Well, I think that's cool, but I don't, you know. What about farm to table? You do that sometimes. Yeah, but even that, I mean, it's (laughs) not like it's a big priority. I mean, organic is, but I'm not, you know. And uh, she'll just have the chicken fingers and french fries. Please. Can I just get to number four? What's my favorite? With a giant Coke and a couple honey mustards and a couple of ranch. That was my favorite part when we would go down to Boca and she'd be like, Papa's fritas, I want those. Just bring out those. Just bring out a couple that of them. string of potatoes they have and some ketchup. Um, we'll be good. That's terrible. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I think the, the trick is, you know, the key is for chefs, and, and this responsibility falls on the shoulders of the people in the kitchen, is, is if you can take someone like Jen and expose her and introduce her to foods that are different but make her fall in love with them, you know, that's that's the talent right there. And we got when we got chefs like that here in town that are oh, able yeah. to do that, and yeah. now that you are love, turning people into foodies. You love those palm frits. Palm frits. <laughs> it's a stub. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Harry Potter for a second. According to a new study, Harry Potter fans make for better lovers. 
How about that? A new study found that people who read the Harry Potter books and other fantasy or science fiction books actually have better relationships than people who read other kinds of books, including suspense, classic literature, and romance novels. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I wonder what brings out the lover in Harry Potter. Well, the researchers think it's because those books set up unrealistic expectations. There you go. <laughs> just, just the fantasy part alone, probably. Well, yeah. I mean, romance novel, uh, reading a romance novel doesn't necessarily translate over to actual romance. Um, why are fantasy and sci-fi fans better at relationships? Maybe it's because they're able to totally separate fiction from reality because the, the books they read are so far-fetched and they know it. They're just better at staying grounded in real life. Mm. I thought you were going to make a magic wand joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible, too. Huh? The possibilities are endless on the magic wand jokes. Uh, before we get into this story, I just want to say this is uh, one of those, you know, this is a viral marketing stunt alarm blaring right now. I can't say for sure, but it sort of smacks as a viral marketing stunt. A woman named Natasha Aponte from New York City. Pulled off a hell of a dating move on Sunday afternoon. She set up dates with around 100 guys on Tinder. Oh, my God. And asked them to meet her at Union Square to hear her friend DJing. When the guys got there, they realized there was no DJ. But Natasha got up on the stage and announced that she brought all those guys there to compete for her. And a bunch of them just walked off. Yeah. <laughs> just left. They're like, really? Yeah, too. no, sorry. Yeah. Uh, some of them left on their own. Um, and then the ones, I guess, that hung out, that stuck around for that, she said, uh, if you're a Trump supporter, bye-bye. If uh, you're under five foot ten, you can leave. But there are actually a couple dozen guys that took the bait and supposedly ran a race and did a push-up contest to win her over. Well, you know what? It just I would be if I were to stay, it would be out of complete and total curiosity first, but then I just to see what she was going to do. But then I think about men and that whole competitive nature, women too, that you see on shows like The Bachelor and Bachelorette, where they don't really give a hoot, but they want to win. Yeah. Yeah, and a handful of guys wanted to see it through. Wanted to see if they could win. Uh, no word on who she picked. But that probably wasn't really the point. Natasha identifies herself as a, quote, actress, model, and mm, singer on Instagram. So that's why we Triple think uh, there's, a, there's a pretty good chance it was a stunt to get famous. And it was a high-budget one because she had to get a permit for the event. She had to rent the stage. She actually had security personnel working. She had photographers there, which, you know, that to me makes it seem like it was a viral marketing stunt by someone that had money or was working on some kind of And project. to get 100 men to meet you. She's probably pretty cute. But whether it was orchestrated or not, I mean, if it was a viral marketing stunt, if these guys for real, you know, if they weren't actors and they were the real deal, I still mm-hmm. think that's kind of an interesting little Right. Studying. Right. But you better have an behavior, awesome right? date lined up. If I'm going through all that, like the date better be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You better be worth it, lady. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> better go somewhere where they serve palm frites. Yes. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll find out that this is a new show on Lifetime. Yes. Thursday nights on Lifetime. <laughs> right. 
Uh, let's see. If your 12-year-old kid is still that same sweet, loving child who does what you tell him and actually wants to hang out with you, get ready for that to end right quick. Mm. A new survey asked a bunch of parents when their kids started rebelling and doing their own thing. <laughs> and on average, parents said it starts at age 13. Fritch says it starts at one and a half. I say about 13 months. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I mean, they're just like the babies are looking for their independence, the same that the teenagers are. Yeah, yeah that's when uh, that's when most parents said they started having trouble keeping tabs on their kids and, and had to start guessing if they were up to anything dangerous or bad. But, mm-hmm. you know, it can start even earlier than that. Almost one in 10 parents said their kids started doing their own thing by age 10. I'll tell you, at, at 16, Jacob's going to be 17 in a week and a half. I know. We were talking about that on vacation. They were like, how old is Jacob now? I'm like, he's going to be sub- in September. He'll be 17. He'll be 17 years old. Wild. And there are moments where it's like, I have a lot of moments where I I look at him and I, I look at his autism and I see a lot of gifts in it. And one of, one of the gifts is a 16-year-old boy will walk up to me in public and stand next to me, hold my hand, and put his head on my shoulder. The innocence, yeah. And it's like, how many moms have 16-year-old sons Not that many. show that kind of public affection, you know, to mom? And it's really just so sweet. I've been seeing people so on Facebook that their kids won't even pose for a first day of school right. picture. Right, <laughs> Let alone hold your hand. Right. Give you a hug. Bye. Yeah. I mean, and he's so cute. You know, he's, he's involved in all of these new activities and new things that he's doing sports and dance classes. And he's always checking to see where I am. Wants to make sure mom's close. (laughs) Wants to make sure mom's paying attention. Does he ever rebel against anything like these 13 year old kids? Oh, I mean, he definitely, I mean, there are things that he just still, you know, he, he ain't trying no new foods. He is not a foodie. Where did you get that from? He is yeah. not a foodie. <laughs> Although it's been crazy. <laughs> I know, right? In the last couple of days, though, out of nowhere, he has started licking envelopes. Mm. And he was bowling with his dad yesterday and ate potato chips. Nachos? No, just oh. regular old Lay's potato chips. Well, that's exciting. And yeah, both of those are like crazy new things out of nowhere. But... Yeah, I'm glad I'm not. I, I wonder if I'm ever going to have to deal with that rebellious. I hope and when he it's going to hit the innocent. I know. I love the sweetness. It's hard to say, but I would just enjoy it. Oh, I am. <laughs> While you can. Me, I am aware of it. <laughs> yeah. One of the top things parents of teenagers start to worry about first is not just if they're eating healthy, but that gives way to worrying about sex and drugs pretty oh, fast. God. And know, right? uh, and the can't. survey found the most common health-related arguments parents and teens have, including eating more fruits and vegetables, drinking less soda, eating too many sweets, and not wanting to sit down for family dinners. See, and that's the other thing that freaks me out. I remember what I was doing when I was 17. I know. We, were, we had the same conversation because we had um, a 19-year-old when we were she was on vacation with us, and I was like, she doesn't act anything like I acted when I was 19. Like, she is just so... Awesome. Innocent and grounded. And like awesome. <laughs> yes. I mean, not crazy, not drink, you know, just insane good. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember back in the day when it, you know, it, it just felt like, you know, there was a, like a new McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts opening up on every street corner. Mm-hmm. 
another chain has picked up the baton and run with it. Chick-fil-A is opening in Merritt Island, Florida tomorrow, and it is 587 feet from another Chick-fil-A. How is that even possible? Well, I got to tell you. One of them is inside of a mall. The other oh, one is in the mall parking bad. lot, and they're both probably still crowded. But, I mean, that's how it is with Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. And, you know, people who visit Boston, they're like, hey, I was just in your hometown. What is it with Dunkin' Donuts being like two of them on the same intersection mm-hmm. on opposite corners? Mm-hmm. And, like, if it was in the city, if it was a busy street, if it was Fresh Pond Parkway coming up around the uh, the roundabout, they're <laughs> everywhere. Right. Well, we, I mean, we have that here with all of the Kroger's that have Starbucks in them. We wouldn't want anyone to have to take a left turn. Yeah. <laughs> to get more to get, coffee. To get, any, to get what they needed. Yeah. I like that you know exactly what part of town they're in. Oh, yeah, you were coming up the boulevard of Uh-oh. blah, 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 the roundabout. Yeah, and this is just, <laughs> that's just my travels, you know. But, yeah, that's success, though. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast. Brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com.